0: Join us.
1: The new cast of Survivor is 18 people. Baka, baka, baka. I say that every time when they come up, like the notorious B.I.G. song. Wu Tang, you know what song I'm talking about? Uh, actually I don't. But Just give me the it's, f- it's it's funny you bring Baka up because I think Serge Baka. Come yeah. here, Baka. Yeah, every time. Every time. Come on in.
0: Like, subscribe, and share while you outwit, outplay, and outlast. Oh
2: yo, oh
3: Welcome to the Ya yeah We Know Podcast, part of the Morgan You Knows Podcasting Network. You're in the ring with Jimmy and Rod. Rod, what are you hot about today? Well, listen, Jimmy, I'll tell you something. I'm actually
1: not hot about anything, Whoa. but wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Do I hear? Is that the Mrs. Morgan You Knows music? She's actually hot about something, and so we have a surprise guest appearance right now. By
0: God! Hello. So, this is the Mrs. Morgan You Know, Kate Morgan. <laughs> Last night, I watched Extreme Rules, and I loved it. Great matches, and even my favorites who lost still represented well, I think. With one exception. Rhea Ripley, I hope you're listening because we need to talk. While your handcuffs, your brass knuckles, and even your maniacal laugh played villainously well, the move you made on Beth Phoenix after Edge said he quit and you vowed not to follow through was completely and totally out of line. <laughs> now, as the female, proud feminist voice of the Morgan You Know podcast network, I think it needs to be me who says there's no coming back after hitting an unconscious woman over the head with the chair after a match has ended. Unfortunately, while it's something a man has and will continue to come back from, Here's looking at you, Seth Rollins. A woman hitting another woman and a Hall of Famer at that is doomed. And look, fellas, I don't make the rules. Rhea, because, Lord knows, i change more than this one if I could. Equal work for equal pay, but I digress. (laughs) However, with that said, your time as a heel has been permanently solidified. So I hope you like being booed because you won't be hearing applause for a long, long time.
1: Jimmy, come on. I couldn't have done it any better than that. How about the surprise appearance?
3: That Out of nowhere, that was, I'm actually really shocked about this. Thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knew that the heel uh, heels lie? Um, unfortunately, the Mrs. Moreno you know, hasn't watched as much wrestling as we have because we could see that coming from a ways away. But I agree. I agree. You know, there's there has to be some morals in wrestling, Rod. And, um, well, Rhea Ripley has none
1: yeah listen the Mrs. Morgan you know was just incredibly disappointed last night when this went down on Extreme Rules and we were literally talking about it earlier today and I said what's better in wrestling than a surprise appearance so the Mrs. Morgan you know was here giving her take real quick at the beginning of the podcast
3: that's amazing Kate we really appreciate you stopping by <laughs> thank you Thanks very for much from that boys. Uh, Chris King is with us as well from North Carolina Chris um, I, I, I'm kind of speechless after that how about you
4: that w- that was a great take, but earlier earlier in the night we did watch two women beat each other with baseball bats, and throw each other through the tables. So I don't know. That's part of the WWE. Well, let, let, let,
3: I think beat with baseball bat is a little strong there, but we'll talk about that here in a second. We also have uh, we've got we've got a five person pod today. I, I believe the Cleveland Crippler is back. Mark, how's it going, buddy? Ah, it's going good. It's going
2: good. I, I can't top Kate. Um, Nobody can. I, I got nothing.
3: <laughs> okay, so let's talk about extreme rules here, and I need to bask in my glory because I won the night at 5-1 and one overall with my predictions, and the only loss I had was because I thought something else was going to happen on SmackDown the second that Gunther retained the championship albeit a little controversy there on SmackDown I knew my pick was going to be wrong for for the the pay-per-view. So I went 5 and 1. Uh Chris you went 2 and 4. Rod co-host 2 and 4 and Mark a very respectable 4 and 2. So I think we all did pretty good there. Uh Rod um What do you mean we all did pretty good? I did terribly. That was a pathetic pay-per-view performance by me.
1: Goodness gracious. I I try to be somebody that comes on and hosts a weekly wrestling podcast, and that's the kind of performance I put out. First off, I'm mad at myself for thinking that belts were just going to change hands willy-nilly. That was completely crazy of me. And second off, I just – I really – I tried to lead with my heart more often than I should have. Other than the only match that I got right, and that's the thing that makes me the most mad. I was completely mad to pick against my guy Seth Rollins, and that was one of the only matches I got right.
3: Well, you know, you you did you you thought with your head instead of your heart there, and you really should have done that a little bit more with that two and four record. Uh, so overall, <laughs> Extreme Rules six really solid matches i thought the pay-per-view chris i thought it felt a little long because of all the stipulations uh did you get any of that or did you think it flowed pretty well
4: no there were there were some times it definitely lulled it felt like it was dragging on it's extreme rules essentially no matter what just about anything goes um for the most part uh i did enjoy all the matches though um Definitely a few stood out more than others, but there was, there was, there was, they had some you know 15 to 20-minute breaks in between matches that I thought were a little long.
3: Yeah, uh, Mark, as someone who watches uh, wrestling a lot, do you really like those video packages, or do we need to kind of get to the point a little quicker?
2: I hate them. Okay. I, they, you rehash it on the pre-show, and then in between each match, you rehash the rehash i don't care it's the same stuff just get to it and stop with the commercials if i want to watch commercials i'll watch usa network
3: okay so rod um as someone who watched it with someone who doesn't watch wrestling on a weekly basis do you think those helped or hurt the show uh pacing wise
1: <clears throat> See, I got to be honest. I get exactly what you guys are saying here, right? But this is the thing, the trap, for lack of a better yep. word, that we fall yep. into here on the Morganino podcast, right? We are older gentlemen who enjoy wrestling on one different level, right? But wrestling at its core is still trying to... Th- spread to the biggest mass audience it can so on some level they understand that they're bringing in their biggest audience for the premium live events and the last thing you want to do is leave those people questioning what's going on so i get that those need to be in place here's the other thing as far as commercials go I've grown up with advertising. I understand that advertising is a way of life. I would love nothing more than an advertiser to pay Jimmy and I to be a sponsor of the Morganino podcast. And I would gladly break in the middle and do a read for them. So advertising is a necessity in life. I have the version of Peacock where I don't get the actual ads, but I get the Charlotte Flair video, the Kevin (laughs) Owens video, the Miz video, all of those different things. And what actually happens for me is I get mad that they show me a Charlotte Flair video and then I can't actually see Charlotte (laughs) Flair in the match anytime soon. That's all that happened for me, Jimmy.
3: That was one comeback that did not happen, but we'll talk about one that did here in a few minutes. So let's let's go right into the pay-per-view here, and let's start where the Mrs. Morgan, you know, started with Finn Balor and Edge. They got 30 minutes, and a, kind of a theme on this show was outside interference. And when you have an Extreme Rules pay-per-view and most of the matches are in that extreme rules or some variation of that you're going to have a lot of outside interference and i think this one you expected it everyone knew it was going to happen uh but it really did take a long time to get there i thought it was i thought the match was good i obviously picked exactly how it ended and i thought that that was done well because now the big thing rod rhea ripley took bumps that is good
1: That is good, and you know that I have a soft spot for Rhea Ripley, so I love that you brought it there to me. But actually, where I'd like to start, Jimmy, if you don't mind me steering in a different direction, what I came out of that match with more than the ins and outs, which I'm sure we'll get into is Finn Balor is a main event guy, right? We kind of had Finn in another region there for a little while. We didn't know what was going on with him. He takes over the Judgment Day. It's a bit of a spotty thing. Edge had only started it for a couple weeks. Then Finn Balor's the leader. Then we're told there's no leader. Then we're told Finn Balor is the leader again. But what happened for me in that match is I buy Finn Balor as a guy who can beat up against any one of the other big names in the WWE. So I, I walk away from that match with that but there's certainly many other things we can discuss.
3: Yeah, I really did like that Finn Balor kind of taking the next step forward. Mark, do you see him, uh, as Rod and I do, kind of going to that next level now, or is he still going to be kind of where the Judgment Day has been?
2: I agree with both of you guys. Um, When he first came up from, Rod, you're going to hate me, NXT... Take a drink. Drink, everybody. You know, when he first came up from NXT, he became the first, you know, universe, the newer age universal champion, and the only reason he wasn't champion anymore is he got injured, Rod, you're going to hate me again, by a Seth Rollins powerbomb that went awry. He had to give up the title. He was a main eventer when he first came in. So, you know, he got injured, went to the wayside for a while messed around on the mid card and then now he's coming back working his way up getting his legs back under him again not that he ever lost them, but he's getting that groove back and i think this match
3: proved it so chris is this one of those matches where you thought it was a little slower because i really do like getting your opinion on these things because you are not as involved as we are chris what do you think about the balor edge match and how it ended
4: Um, the match overall I liked. Um, I don't think it ran a little long. I think 30 minutes was good. Uh, I'm an Edge fan, too. Like, I watched him back when him and Christian were together as a tag team. And so, I tend to pay attention to his matches anyway, no matter what. Um, I picked Edge in this match because I really didn't think he was going to say I quit. But I also didn't expect them to to have his wife out there in the ring trading blows with Ripley and then getting bashed over the head with some brass knuckles either. Um, So I thought that was a good term. I do think the WWE is smart in how they're handling Judgment Day now. They're becoming a little bit more legitimate. And to be quite honest as well, I kind of enjoy the Dominique character as part of Judgment Day than as essentially a toddler behind his dad. Yeah, that's a good call, Chris. Honestly, I was way more
1: enthralled with Dominic Mysterio's appearance on my television screen during this premium live event than I have been by him in months. So I, I got to completely agree with you there.
3: I love the Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley stare down. The fans bought it. They loved it. They had a great crowd tonight. And I think that's going to be a huge Survivor Series, probably tag team type thing, situation situation there um, something that we do need to talk about with these fans as well uh, rod put the over under at one and a half ECW chance and I will admit in the uh in the text uh, thread I said no way there's gonna be a ton more than that I think they did mute some of those out because I did hear one but that's kind of all I hear so I think the under uh, happened there for you rod on the ECW chance that that shocked me it really did
1: Well, what I believe, right, is if we are to think that we actually are in the Shangri-La days of the new (laughs) Triple H regime, right? So, of course, we're going to have a card that people buy into, right? And the reason that what and so many of those other, you know, chance of people who aren't around and all that stuff would happen is because there'd be matches that people weren't interested in. And we just get far fewer of those right now in the honeymoon days we live here in the Triple H era.
3: So we did get a We Want Wyatt pretty decent chant during the uh, Rollins-Riddle match. Lasted for a a couple of go-throughs and then went away. But other than that, really, the crowd did buy into everything tonight. So I thought that that was really good. I was wrong on the
1: crowd, though, Jimmy. We should probably address this here real quick. I I was was literally
3: going to the next one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to that next. Thank you uh, for transitioning, uh, we think, alike a little bit. But the crowd uh, really did kind of fall in line with a lot of things. And one of the things that we chatted about last time, Rod, was the um, Liv Morgan-Ronda Rousey. I thought that they were gonna hate Rousey um and and like Liv. You thought they were gonna really hate Liv and like Rousey. It really kinda of, it wasn't one way or another to the extreme, correct?
1: It was yeah, it was kind of lukewarm both ways for sure. And I, I really thought that we'd get more of a pop for ronda winning i kind of did i don't know why i thought that but i felt that in my soul but what i will say is the way ronda won and then the way she acted immediately after the belt is the way ronda should be acting and so i'm i'm excited for this at least but you know who is going to step up to be someone that challenges the new king heel that's always going to be the question
3: for sure, and and Mark, I heard rumors that when you fall asleep, you have that big smile on your face, like Liv Morgan does too. Is that is that correct?
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I do. I I, I think, well, two things. I uh, I think Liv Morgan's time in the spotlight is on the downside. Yeah, um, unfortunate because she's actually stepped her game up ever since she became champ and got this run she's you know total night and day from where she was when she was with the riot squad total night and day from then i think she's on the downside but now i also think for something i've said to rod a few times now we can get a storyline with Shayna baszler who was one of Triple H's favorites.
3: Yeah, you do love Shayna Baszler. And one thing I want to talk to Chris about here is, yeah, I kind of agree. Liv Morgan isn't as crisp as you like to see a champion be. That ending, I don't know what really happened there. Um, there was like a, it was like kind of a butt. Move thing that Rousey did, uh, Chris. When you have hit people with baseball bats in the past, <laughs> do you pull back as much as they did in this matchup?
4: No, no. There were, they had no follow through. That's for sure.
3: There's a reason for that, uh, because if you hit somebody with a baseball bat as hard as you can, you break things, and
2: <laughs> and it's so not just the bat.
3: It's so there's two there's two things we've got if you're going to use a real baseball bat, you only use it like once or twice because it looks ridiculous when you do it because you're not actually hitting him. If you use a rubber bat, you gots to be careful because they've used rubber things before. In WCW, there's a famous uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggins 2x4 that was a <laughs> little, little bad there. Um, so, Chris, in this match, did that kind of take you out at all or did you, did you appreciate this match for what it was and do you think Ronda is the right choice to move forward?
4: I yes, I think Ron is the right choice to move forward. I really do. Um, it was it it was a little bit ridiculous at at first. There, I mean, but the men do the same thing with with the sledgehammers. You know, instead of swinging a sledge, they just kind of like I'm gonna punch you at the end of it, kinda. And they use it once or twice and they get rid of it. So that's one thing they didn't do. But like, there were some welts on Liv Morgan's. Uh, stomach and side area that she legitimately got hit especially with that belt um
3: oh for sure Uh, for sure she got she got destroyed there now rod your namesake (coughs) did not have the best night uh she was in a corner kind of had a weird look on her face at the end of the night as well where do you see Liv going from here and then do you think your girl's coming back to face Rhonda, or are we going to go through a couple other people first
1: I, listen, you know me. I got Charlotte Flair on Pop Watch for sure, and I would absolutely freak the minute that she comes back in the robe and the fireworks are going off behind her. But what I want to say about Liv Morgan is I immediately following this match was on the train of thought that we have heard expressed by Mr. King and by you here so far. But the Mrs. Morgan you know who we heard here at the beginning of this podcast with her extremely hot take about Rhea Ripley turned me around a little bit and said what we actually had here was Liv putting up a hell of a fight more than we honestly thought that she would be able to, and she actually sort of comes out of this looking okay. We have Liv Morgan here, Jimmy, and I really I want to get your opinion on this. We have Liv sure. Morgan essentially in the same exact spot that we have one of the most revered superstars of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin in. Now, Liv Morgan was not bleeding all over her face the way Stone Cold was when he passed out in that match, but we have Liv Morgan not quitting busting Ronda Rousey through a table, going through all the different iterations, trying to win that match and not giving up in the end. I think Liv actually comes out looking okay here because it's Ronda Rousey. The same way that I mentioned to you in our pre-show that somebody losing to Drew McIntyre at this point would not be a bad deal because Drew McIntyre is a top level superstar. Ronda Rousey is supposed to be painted as one of the best to ever do it. So for Liv Morgan to lose against her, but look that good, I might be interested to see if she actually hangs near the top a little more than you think here, Jimmy. I don't think she's immediately getting a rematch and getting it back, but she may hang up a little bit closer to the top than we think.
3: So they have done the pass out instead of tap out a lot recently. When they did that with Austin and he was bleeding, you had not seen that forever, which is what made it so special. And the crowd was a little bit more behind Austin than any way that they are. Morgan, I can kind of see where you're going there, but it wasn't as special. And the fact that they kind of messed it up again, it's just, it's kind you know, Liv has done some good things in her matches, but there's always one or two small things that just don't work for the, the crowd. Uh, they don't work for me. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on that?
2: I, I would agree. There's, you know, you know, and it kind of goes along with what I said earlier, how she was a train wreck when she came in with the riot squad now with with her losing to to ronda you know it's a night and day with her performance her skill level um but there's still like you just said there's one or two things that she does every match it's like oh stop just don't do that and you'll be fine kind of thing
3: so let's go from that title match where we had a, a winner to the ladder match between Bianca and Bailey, And I thought this had a chance to be the main event. You could see it during the match that, and Rod, you and I talked about this last week, where we, I was a little nervous about Bailey being on a ladder match after being out for a year with a knee injury. Uh, Bailey's falls from the ladder were relatively tame now the kod to the ladder and her face wasn't the best um but rod i mean there were some really hard hits in here and you know bianca give it to bianca kod on the tag team champions is pretty good too
1: yeah i was gonna say bianca just she comes out looking she's i i heard this from the guys over on the ringer podcast network sure so i'm gonna credit them for this but it's just so good that i gotta regurgitate it here all right bianca belair is essentially john cena at this point right now okay she is somebody who is an athletic marvel she is someone who the kids are absolutely 100 percent behind we're not anywhere near her being able to turn heel because of the amount of merch and the amount ah. of kids that buy her and all the above so Losing the title to me made sense to put her back on the chase, but I also completely understand continuing to build the legend that is Bianca Belair because I think that this women's ladder match was a nominee for match of the night. And I think it's also unfortunate that neither of the women's title matches ended up being the main event i get that logistically they wanted to move the fight pit in last and that's probably why it was there and of course i love seth rollins but i think the women have a gripe (laughs) here about not being the main event of that pay-per-view
3: yeah chris what do you think about that did you think that this match should have been the main event or the just the the fight pit between riddle and rollins as it was
4: um, I did enjoy the fight pit. Do you do like to see a title on the line on your main event and any pay per view? You really do. Um, and both women's titles were on the line tonight, Those, and they were both good matches. I, there were definitely some hard hits in this latter match that impressed me. Uh, I thought they were going to do kind of what you did, Rod. I thought if Bailey won it, then Bianca would get the chase on again. I definitely thought there was going to be interference, like there was. But here's something that I think they may try to do as well. If they try to do with the women's titles what they've done with the men and make a universal champion, now you can get Air versus Ronda Rousey.
3: And that could be something, uh, Mark, do you think we could maybe see that at Survivor Series to kind of unify the titles there?
2: I, <clears throat> I could see it happening, but I've also read a few articles that – uh fox and usa have talked to the wwe about having split titles they want a heavyweight champ on their network they don't like this sorry rod part-timer stuff that roman reigns does
3: well i think that it depends on who the champion is (laughs) true and if you get that champion going back and forth on both brands you're fine uh, especially if you do have someone like a Bianca Belair who's going to be more, more full-time. That's really, Jimmy, on...
1: w- what network is going to complain about getting Bianca Belair on their television show, right? Like, uh, Mark, no, you're buddy. absolutely right that we don't want to put the belt on somebody who's a part-timer like Roman Reigns. Now, do I want to come off as saying I'm anti-tribal chief here? No. The guy's put in great work. He deserves to be able yeah. to work however less or however much he wants to. But I do agree with you that uniting the belts would be a great thing, but I think Survivor Series is probably a little early, Jim. Don't you think we want to hold that off to WrestleMania?
3: Well, we could. We could hold that yeah. off to WrestleMania to make it bigger. Don't you but... think
1: we want to get Becky Lynch involved in that again, probably? Or Charlotte Flair when they come back?
3: <laughs> you, anything to get those two ladies involved in WrestleMania. I'm sure that you would to do that. That would make more sense,
2: be WrestleMania.
3: But then, Rod, I do want to go back to your point, uh, because it was a good one, where Bianca is like John Cena in the fact that the merchandise and people love her. But the one thing she's not like is people all love her there isn't a half and half booing and are sa- uh, sick That's of her true. yet. So they are doing a very good job of keeping her relevant, even though she's, you know, she's had the belt for a little while. Now I see her going, if they're not going to do some kind of uh uh unification match, I see her going to rumble at least with the belt in her hands. Chris, um, do you see this being a continued long reign for Bianca Belair?
4: I don't see anybody really challenging her yet. I mean, she handled all three of damage control fairly easy at, even when they came in. And she she's the EST. You can't take it away from her. So I don't, at this point, I don't see anybody taking the title from her.
3: Hey, Rod, as uh, someone who didn't know too much about Dakota, uh, Dakota and EO, um I don't think this is helping them very much when they are basically manhandled by one woman or woman handled, whatever you want to call it, uh, pretty easily here. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little worried about damage control. I think they're going to get a pretty big and decisive beatdown win on Monday to kind of build them back up. And I'm a little nervous about this uh, group right now.
1: I think you're I think you're onto something there, Jim. What I wanna do is I wanna backtrack a tad bit here. I was sure. kinda coming anti hard Bailey leading into this match. And I think you're right that there were still some times where she was a little bit timid here. But mm-hmm. Bailey's ability to be number one heel on the women's side right now is pretty amazing when you look back at the absolute complete white meat baby face the hugging everybody sensation that Bailey was when she came in, right? And you put it where she's at now and just, you know, reacting to the crowd at every moment and taking those spills. And, I mean, I was way, way impressed with Bailey. But, Jimmy, you're absolutely right. The minute that Bianca lifted up the tag team women's champions on top of her shoulders at the same time and KOD them down to the mat, I literally thought to myself, why do I care about either of these two?
3: Yeah, it's, you got to be careful. Building up some people, bringing down others, do you want to do that at the same time? That's a good transition, again, Rod. that's why we do what we do, to the next match I want to talk about, and it was the strap match between uh, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Typically, strap matches involve a very easy way to win. You have to hit all four corners of the ring. Uh, with your hand to win the strap match it's a good way it's a good storytelling device to have someone hit three in a row and then the other person stops them or someone getting a cheap win that wasn't the case here and that kind of threw me off a little bit uh in general i know rod it might not have thrown you off too much uh market might have you um i thought this match was just okay carrion had to get the win the ending was fine, but we have so many of these.
1: The ending was not fine, but I'll wait
3: th- th- we have so Agreed. many of these these um interference type matches. One thing I did like about the ending is after Karrion got the win, he kind of pretended that his, the the pepper spray was in his eyes. but I think they could have done a little bit more to build Karrion. in this so i this th- this match did not live up to um to my expectations, I know both uh, Mark and Rod want to get into this. So, Chris, I want to let you go first because I have a feeling you're not going to get a chance to talk much about this one. Chris, what would you think about this one?
4: Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was expecting a little bit more. I really – I've really become a McIntyre fan. I really want him to win matches whenever he's involved. So that depressed me a little bit as well. Um I'm still trying to figure out uh what Scarlett was wearing uh during this match. It was quite Just a wa- just it was
3: it was it was it was clothing, Chris. It was clothing.
4: <laughs> well, there was fabric there.
3: There, we, there there was nothing natural about any of that fabric. Um uh, but yeah, I kind of agree with that. And then uh, Rod, I'm I got a question for you, dude. Is is do we have somebody else on notice now? I'm just asking questions.
1: No, listen, I'm not going to put Karrion Cross on notice, okay? Because okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to separate the ending of that match and certain parts of that match during the middle, okay? And, Jimmy, while you are right that Karrion Cross may not be a Bret Hart-level heart dungeon wrestling (laughs) worker in the ring okay he might not be able to pull off a bunch of reverses and a bunch of side suplexes and fisherman carries and things of that nature but what he absolutely is is believable for whatever character he's putting out there on the screen now do I fully understand the character that they're trying to give me right now no I don't but am I intrigued by Scarlet and whatever fabric she decides to cover her body in absolutely I am but my problem with that match is you have these two big hulking men who are beating the absolute hell out of each other for 10 to 12 minutes and i was enthralled by all of that right the strap dragging each other around slapping each other in the face and the neck and the back that shit's gotta hurt right but you give me pepper spray at the end and i was completely disappointed you have this big hulking match between these big hulking men battling each other and pepper spray is what swings it mark that's what disappointed me how about you
2: yeah, and, and the fact is, you know, there's like, this is police pepper spray. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you're going to use a product, then say it's police pepper spray. Make it actually look like it for gosh sakes. Don't give me, you know, soapy water or whatever and then pretend. Because uh, I don't know about any of you guys. I have been hit in the face with pepper spray as part of my training and their reactions you know come on give me a break at least teach them how to react to it if you're going to try and sell that you know the the thing with me is yes this was a good match these guys it was it reminded me of the Kane and undertaker uh, surrounded by flames, match where every time they slammed each other, flames shot up from around the ring. It reminded me of that match. They were beating the heck out of each other in that match. This match with Cross and and Drew, they were beating the heck out of each other. And then you to have to have an ending like that. Come on, you know just. Chris, let me ask you break. something. Let me ask you this, Chris. All right, you love Drew McIntyre. Let me
1: ask you this. And I love Drew McIntyre too, but you know what? Every once in a while, we got to break a little bit harsh on somebody, okay? Do you get a little mm-hmm. bit sick of a Drew McIntyre where it's always like, oh, there's a neckbreaker, right? And then, oh, here's a future shock DDT. And, up oh, here comes the countdown. You know what I mean? Like, Drew McIntyre to me is just so formulaic it's a little bit Hogan, like, oh, here comes the leg drop. You know what I mean? Like that just gets on my nerves. And so, like, the only time where McIntyre got great offense on carrying cross was the same script he goes to always. Chris, does that bother you?
4: No, it doesn't bother me. I like I like the signature and then the finisher. Like I I like it. Like I liked it when Goldberg did it. I liked it when The Rock did it. I definitely liked it when Hogan did it. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily bother, bother me at all. Like that's that's who they are like if he changes up his character then he can change it up but right now that works for me
3: i love the fact that uh mark was upset that they didn't use the phoenix uh, pepper gel uh and <laughs> yep. they just used a black little you know bottle and then rod was kind of more of the hey it's the, the wrestling part was pretty decent in there cross had some really good uh shots on mcintyre's shoulder um, I'm just interested to see what happens moving forward with Cross and McIntyre. I think they need to go their separate ways. Cross needs to get involved in somebody oh, else. But if they go really their go separate
1: over... ways, Jimmy, what's Drew doing? That's what I worry about because I agree with you that they should go their separate ways. But Drew's a little bit lost here, Jim, and I brought this up a little bit before our the, the, our, our preview episode that I felt like Drew kind of needed to win here because he's been a bit adrift ever since he got you know screwed by Roman Reigns. And then here we are again. He gets taken out by Karrion Cross, who I admit we're building up, and that's good but there's yeah. still a substantial amount of people out there in the WWE universe that don't buy Karrion Cross, and here's Drew McIntyre losing to him.
3: Well, you would think that he might be able to be involved in some kind of uh – you know the Survivor Series War Games match moving forward, so kind of putting him in in, in that uh, realm. I think I would love to see him with the Brutes and Imperium, which we're going to talk here in a second, but really, we want to continue to see the Brutes and Imperium fight each other, so I don't know yes. if there's really yes. any room for them. Um, match of the Night, by far, in my opinion, was the uh, Brawling Brutes and Imperium. They just work well together. Why? Because you have six good wrestlers and you have i would say 3 to 4 really solid sports entertainers as well in that match putting all that together it makes a fantastic match and obviously with uh, gunther winning the intercontinental or retaining the intercontinental title on friday the brutes Wait a minute, had to Jimmy. win Let's, let's yes. address that real quick. Let's address sure. that real quick. I got to. Sure. I got
1: to. I got to come clean on something here. All right. The Miss yeah. Morgan is watching SmackDown with me. Okay. The match yeah. is Uh-oh. getting ready to go off. She's yes. loving the ring announcer because she loves the ring announcer on SmackDown. She's so great. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she's wonderful. Very that animated. Thing, yes. That whole thing's happening. Then I notice that the referee for the match is Jessica Carr. And I literally say to the Mrs. Morgan, you know, oh, that's cool that they're letting Jessica Carr referee this match. She's pretty solid. And then we have a completely mishmash garbage decision from Jessica Carr at the end of that match. I literally put my own foot in my own mouth on that SmackDown, Jimmy.
3: So that's tough. The WWE officials have always been... Told to call it like it's a shoot, meaning if something goes wrong, just call it like that. Uh, Gunther did tap twice. Yes, he did. And she knew that that was not the finish, and she came up with the best lie she could to why that wasn't the finish like he was trying to get it but he couldn't really get it um, the fans were confused I think Sheamus played it off perfectly because he knew that wasn't the finish obviously but he was then upset that that wasn't the finish so I thought that was done well to kind of try to hide it but it, 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 everyone saw what happened so this but this is good though Rod this is good because it gives us match number three and hopefully it's at a premium live event because the, the the first match was match of the year, probably in the WWE. Um, the second match on SmackDown was good, but you had four minutes, commercial break, eight minutes, commercial break. And then the the final uh, few minutes there. Uh, and it just it didn't flow as well just because of those commercial breaks. Um, we're going to get another match and it's going to be fantastic.
1: Well, listen, we don't even have to wait for a premium live event, Jimmy, okay? Give me Brawl and Brutes and Imperium fighting each other every time there's a television show, all right? Put them on SmackDown, put them on Raw, have them do a tag team match, have them do a one-on-one match, have them do three-on-three, whatever. Mix them up. It doesn't matter. Give me these six guys beating the hell out of each other all the time for quite a while because i love it and here's the other thing that we need to point out nobody right now is more over than sheamus honestly nobody is more over than sheamus right now he was getting huge pops and the thing that i love the most about that pay-per-view is sheamus is an in-ring pro but you could see in his eyes a little bit that he was eating it up and being like holy shit i can't believe that the wwe universe is buying me this much now they've never bought me this much in my entire career
3: Hey Chris, when you had your old fashioned Donnie Brooks back in back in the the aughts, uh, <laughs> d- did you use uh, did you use bars and and shillelaghs as well?
4: Shillelaghs were a favorite of, of the crew. Yes, yes, they were especially. And I'm going to agree with you guys. Like I will watch these men wrestle every single week. It was it was my match of the night as well. It was a great match that could have ended the night just as well as beginning it but what a way to get the crowd into the event right off the bat and i can watch seamus wrestle any day of the week that guy knows how to work and yeah he was reveling in it like you could tell it it was it was it was fun for him uh in the ring that night so i was impressed i love this match and these guys know how to work.
1: And, Jimmy, he's over for just long-term storytelling, right? We didn't yes. do any weird tweak here, right? Nope. We didn't change Seamus' character. We literally just said, here's a guy who you know has been around for a long time, and we are just going to put him out there and put him in a position to do what he does best. And Sheamus is a top-notch sports entertainer. I mean, people are so into when Sheamus gets somebody around the rings and is going to give him the 10 beats. I mean, people are so into that right now. They're screaming their ass off, and all they're doing is counting.
3: They they love yep. it, especially when he did those like thirty beats on 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 Gunther. Uh, Mark this match is kind of the epitome of the Triple H uh, new philosophy on things. Six guys who like to beat the hell out of each other just go beat the hell out of each other. Nothing special, you know. It, there's a little gimmicky stuff with the brawling Bruce, but yet not really because they've even they've even taken that back a lot. It's just six guys who like to fight, and mm-hmm. that works, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, and, and I I think it does, you know, because it it's. It's allowing the, the diehard fans, you know, uh, uh, allow, it's allowing folks like myself to reminisce like from the Attitude Era when you had fights like that almost every match. And again, this is, you know, six of these, I'm sorry, five of these six wrestlers came from when Triple H was in charge of NXT this is what the product was like when he was in charge. This is the kind of matches that happened every night when Triple H was in charge. And now you're starting to see the the fruits of his labor on the main roster. And you're right. These guys can go. They're entertainers. They're wrestlers. They're fighters. They're brawlers. They're just, all, all six of them now are are over, I think.
1: Jimmy, let me apologize yeah. to you here, all right? Let me apologize to sure. you here and, and give all praise to the real wrestling expert on this podcast, James Thomas Jim Risco. all right? When Butch came around, you told me <laughs> immediately that this was a guy named Pete Dunn and that he was awesome, and I said to you, you're ridiculous, there's no way this guy's awesome, this is dumb. Then he comes out, <clears> and <throat> I start to buy him a little bit, and you tell me, no, 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 Rod, don't worry, his old character Pete Dunn's way better than this new character Butch. And I say, yeah, mm-hmm. Jimmy, you're full of it. No way, no way that this old character can be any better. Then he comes out to the ring in a weird black unitard <laughs> stringy that. long hair. And I'm like, what in the world is going on with this guy? I make fun of him for a couple of successive weeks, and now I'll be damned if I don't find my, awes, uh, my eyes excuse me, drawn to wherever Pete Dunn, a.k.a. Butch, is in the match. Anytime an Imperium slash Brawling Bruce thing is going down. This man is a top- not sports entertainer and one last point i want to make quickly here ridge highland you are welcome because you are not nearly as strong a wrestler as all five of these other men that we were talking about but you sort of get dragged along because you're in on it
3: but that's also good because then you're 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 building people up for the future which is good uh speaking about building people up for the future uh chris why was daniel cormier the special guest referee in this uh in this matchup tonight
4: The only thing I could think of is because since it's Extreme Rules and Riddle especially has that MMA background, that's my only guess. I can't think of another reason. It was a weird, understandable, I guess, but an odd choice.
3: So the only reason you have a special guest referee is at the end, after the match is over, the heel gets either knocked out or choked out or something. By that uh, special guest referee Uh, DC counted He didn't even do that correctly sometimes Because Riddle was basically down for about three minutes And he didn't count Um, I thought that the fight pit uh, Brought a unique look to the pay-per-view I don't know if I would have put that on last Because um, it really did take away from Riddle's win What happened afterwards Uh, There were a couple cool moves off the fight pit I know the WWE has to kind of figure out How to get a camera inside there uh, Rod, I'm really interested in in your opinion on what happened here. Riddle gets the win. Riddle almost kills himself and um, and Rollins as well with that jump off the uh, off the pit. What do you think, Rod?
1: Uh, I think that that was uh, an, an impressive match, right? Like, I think that that's mm-hmm. one of those kind of matches that when I make my jokes about Riddle needs to get rid of the scooter, which we've seen more times where Riddle's come to the ring without the scooter yep. than with it recently. Yep. So maybe he's finally going to get rid of the scooter, right? He's coming out to Matt Riddle. So I get that we're we're tweaking him, making him a little bit more of a badass, which is something I've looked forward to. I've also admitted that I... I'm a bit conflicted because you, Jimmy, have called me out for this numerous times. Used to love Riddle and RK Bro and everything they were about, and then he got involved in a feud with my guy, and suddenly I hate Riddle. So yep. I got to I got to come clean there. <laughs> but I think that he looks really, really good coming out of this match. I think that the jump off of the top was great. I think that the work on the top was great. I think that Seth Rollins again is an amazing worker who can get somebody over the work that he did for cody rhodes okay we can sure make fun that he lost all three of those matches but his ability to make cody seem like that big of a deal he's got to get credit for that he's now making matt riddle look like a big deal jimmy i hope to god you are right that he wins the u.s championship from bob lashley tomorrow night on raw but here's what i will say jimmy i'm with you the special referee usually leads to something and i'd love to see daniel cormier in the ring and i hate saying this but if DC's gonna get in the ring, he's gonna need to drop a few LBs because he looked a little chunky underneath that referee shirt.
3: Yeah, Mark yep, thought, he did. Yeah, Mark, uh, give us your thoughts on 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 that as well.
2: Um well to go on what Rod just said, the last time Daniel Cormier was in a ring, he fought Steve Amyosic and got his butt whacked. Okay. He was more in shape then than he was last night and I thought he did okay considering I will say I did text rod at one point and said I think Rollins just crapped his pants when DC had him up I didn't against appreciate the fence. that
1: at all by the way mark I really didn't appreciate that
2: <laughs> I I'm like you know because Rollins had that oh crap look. In his face. Um, that's why I said it to you. Um, but I, I think, you know, the match overall was okay. I mean, it's only been used twice in NXT. Uh, but I could have used that to, to start the night instead and let, like, the, the bayley Air match be the main event.
3: Yeah, I think I think the Bailey Belair match would have been a good main event because the face one, People, she's walking out. They could have done the exact same thing, but that brings us to. I was going to yeah, say go they knew yeah. what they
1: were doing at the end. They knew that all you yeah. wrestling nerds were going to freak out with the ending. I'm going to have to so, audio hose you and Mark down here. So Jimmy, go ahead.
3: Uh, it's okay. I've already watched it 50, 50 times. So. Um, Bray Wyatt is someone that Rod missed uh, a lot, I believe. I don't think you really saw too. too much of Bray Wyatt, and um, yeah, he's
1: basically dark period for me, Jimmy. He's basically okay. dark period for me. His whole rise and fall. I was I was not actively watching the WWE at that time.
3: And then, Chris, are you familiar with Bray Wyatt? I cannot remember.
4: No, no, I'm in the dark with him as well.
3: In the dark, uh, uh, valid, I like that. Um, So Bray Wyatt uh, has always been great on the mic. Sometimes he rambles a little bit, but he's really, as Triple H said, he is a genius. He comes up with a lot of different gimmicks. Uh, His initial Bray Wyatt gimmick uh, was amazing. And then he's kind of uh, evolved. He's kind of like a Chris Jericho in a way that he continuously evolves his character. Now, I think obviously Chris Jericho is one of the goats, so you need to put him a little bit higher there. But I do like how Bray Wyatt has done that. I love how this white rabbit has taken everything Bray Wyatt did and then moved it um, to the here and now. Kind of taking everything else. We did that. It is now away. This is the new Bray Wyatt. And Rod, that was such a huge pop. I, I can't even believe what happened.
1: Now, you know me. I love pops. As I mentioned earlier, my pop watch is the thing that we do on the podcast from time to time. So I can certainly appreciate the anticipation and the exultation that the crowd in Philadelphia showed as soon as Bray Wyatt came on the scene there. But what I also want to point out here, okay, is that so much of the time that Bray Wyatt was gone, I follow the dirt sheets, for lack of a better term, like everybody else does, right? Right. And there was always so much speculation about what Bray Wyatt would do. And so many times, people throw out Bray Wyatt should go AEW. I just want to take a time here to, and again, drink. This is Rod taking a shot at AEW. But there's no possible way bray wyatt could have ever gone to aew to pull off anywhere remotely close to what this man wants to do in a professional wrestling ring okay what the wwe showed to you last night at the end of extreme rules is why they are the king why they bring in all the money and why people like me will always say they are the goats and i do not care about aew and i do not care about nxt and new japan and any of the other bullshit that goes on because (laughs) nobody can put Fourth, the production value like the WWE that they did last night. Jimmy, I have no idea how much money went behind all of the QR codes and the things that they did with the right right rabbit vignettes leading up to and how many actors had to get paid last night for all the different things that they did, but it was damn impressive, and thank you, WWE, for being willing to put production value like that on my television screen.
3: Agreed. Take, take it, mark. Go right ahead
2: i i i i I can't argue with a thing Rod said. Um, not one other wrestling company could have put forth what we saw. Um, you know from from the fact that Bray Wyatt is a genius as far as creating and weaving his storyline in. The fact that everything that they did last night was for him to get him reacclimated because he had been away for so long um, and to put a good positive taste back in the fans' mouth because the last time they really saw him was, I believe, at Mania when Alexa Bliss turned on him, I thought, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, a couple years ago. And and that kind of left the fans a little, you know, ugh, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but what they did was just incredible to me, and you know, the only the only part of Bray Wyatt that I didn't like was I wanted to see more of him instead of just his face.
1: Yeah, but see, to me, Mark, that that was incredible, right? Like to right. me, we had the reveal and like this is so much of a thing that WWE deals with now in the, in the Twitter era and all that, that so much stuff sort of gets ruined, right? Like we all kind of knew it was going to end up being Bray Wyatt, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they still only gave us a little bit of him and then he blew out the lantern. Like it was just, it was absolutely amazing. The Mrs. Morgan, you know, and the Vanimals stayed up for all of extreme rules last night. Right. Nice. And Jimmy, both of them were absolutely creeped out by the ending. And that's exactly what they wanted
3: it to be. Right. Yep, and that's exactly what they wanted it to be. They wanted it to just be give you enough because that raw rating. We got Monday Night Football. Oh, that raw rating is going to be big. And Rod, that was yep. his gimmick. Uh, he would come on the big screen when they first came out, and he would say, um, "Philadelphia, we're here," and blow it out, and then the music would hit, and the Wyatt family would come out, and uh, that's uh, you know that's kind of a little homage to old school. So he's going to go back to that a little bit. Uh, Speaking mask. of old school, though, yep. Jimmy, Go I ahead.
1: believe that he and Randy Orton were locked in a battle and Randy Orton burned him alive. So could we maybe get the reappearance of the Viper now that Bray Wyatt is back, Jimmy?
3: He's hurt still. Um, Dang it. You always <laughs> ran on my parade. I mean, I, I would love to say yes, but he he, he he's still hurt. So I, I it just depends what they do. That's the thing. Chris, they have to have Bray Wyatt have meaningful feuds that help both people. Do you think this can happen?
4: Um my question is is he going to be more on raw or smackdown?
3: I'm assuming it's I don't know. I would think probably So they got Reigns on SmackDown most of the time. I'm thinking Raw, but it depends on on what they want to do. Because of football season, they may put him on SmackDown because they can get that bigger and bigger and bigger number, Uh, like they did a couple weeks ago when they got a huge number, and he wasn't even there. So I I think we'll see him. Yeah, he's going no, to SmackDown. Now that I'm talking about, it, he's going to go to SmackDown. But he will be. He'll there, show up tomorrow, tomorrow night right? because yeah. it'll
1: be the it'll be the big pop on Monday Night Raw, the season premiere, all of the above, right? He'll show up tomorrow night for something. But he's
3: he's going to he's going to SmackDown. So speaking of Raw, we do have Degeneration X, the 25th anniversary. Um, Billy Gunn will not be there because he's one of the stars in AEW now, uh, but the other four will be. And Triple H said something very interesting on SmackDown. We're going to end with this. He said, whatever you think might be the end is just the beginning. was kind of cryptic in what he was saying. Uh, we're going to leave on, on this. Uh, we're going to go to Chris, then Mark, then Rod. Chris, what do you think he's talking about?
4: Uh, a, a new era, a new DX team, maybe? Right. I don't know. Okay,
3: okay. That's that's a, an interesting prediction there. Uh, Mark, what is he talking about? You thought it was over, but it's just beginning. Um, Maybe
2: uh, the fact that Vince is quote-unquote retired now. They're thinking, oh, WWE is done and over with. Now Triple H is in charge. Now look at what I've done in the short time I've been in charge. Here we go. Hop on board. It's going to be a ride. Rod? I would
1: echo Mark's sentiments there. That's certainly how I took it, right? Is that we lived in a world for so long where all of us were worried and so many who weren't huge wrestling fans talked about how could wrestling possibly be anything without Vince McMahon Then we have the sudden and precipitous fall of Vince McMahon and Triple H thrown into the creative role. And we basically have then heard nothing but positive headlines out of the WWE since then. So I kind of take that as Triple H doing a bit of a pat on his back, which is certainly a staple in the world of professional wrestling saying, yeah, you guys all thought we'd be in trouble when the man who ran this business for 40 some years walked away. But we're actually going to be doing better now because I'm running the show. That's how I took it.
3: I agree with everything that was said. And with that, you've been listening to the Yeah, We Know podcast, part of the Morgan Knows podcasting network. You're in the ring with Mark. Thank you very much for stopping by. really appreciate you, bud. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Chris King, you're going to give us something in a little bit here with Jimmy and Rod.
1: That's right. Extreme Rules was just as good as I wanted it to be. And I'm going to go ahead and break against the WWE real quick at the end. So we have this great Extreme Rules. We have this great War Games at Survivor Series that everybody's looking forward to. But we have Smack Dab in the middle of pay-per-view. that's going to happen in the middle of the afternoon. And it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul and a bunch of other weird matches. So my dauber going to be down for this stupid pay-per-view over in the Middle East. But I cannot wait for War Games.
4: Goodbye, Internet.